You are now entering the fifth dimension. Hello, fellow weirdos, and welcome back to another installment of the Fifth Dimension Podcast. My name is Luis, and with me is a man known for his legendary patience, my brother, Juan. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, how are you weirdos doing out there? And dang, this one, that intro felt totally different, Luis. Uh, but I didn't get any of the hating powers, man. I didn't, I didn't feel any of the hating powers as a result. That's because it's not in you, bro. That's, you're, you're not like that. <laughs> but yeah i just wanted to try out this uh introduction part man yeah let me just say man you can have this shit i don't like it it feels weird (laughs) already you're quitting you're quitting on their first intro yeah fuck this it doesn't feel right you can keep it and i think and i think everyone would agree with me that you're the only guy who can do the intro am i right everyone out there am i right Come on, man. Right. Come on. Right. I, th- I think we can alternate the intro. This intro sounded great. I think you did a pretty good job. Nah, I'll leave it up to you. Fuck that. <laughs> wow. It, it just feels kind of weird when you tell me, hey, man, you think you could do the intro? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, God, no. Hell no. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, you, you gave it the good college try. I think we can alternate. I think you're, you, you sounded pretty good. But look, uh, would, look, listen, listen. If you would have pull, if you would put a poll right now to say, "Hey, everyone, who does a better intro, Juan or Luis?" Oh my God, I think we're definitely going to get that. You're going to get a fifty-fifty on that. Gonna, I'm sure. So. I'm so. sure you'd get a fifty-fifty. <laughs> um, but talking about, hey, speaking about polls, how did the one v one turn out? Uh, how did the audience vote for? Or who did, you know, who did our, the audience vote for? Who won the battle? No, yeah. That's a great question. I think uh, our audience has been very interactive with our polls. Everything, every time we ask a question out there, uh, you uh, Fifth Dimension podcast listeners, you always come through. Thank you so much for always participating in our polls. Uh, this yeah. was an overwhelming uh, vote in that nobody voted for Captain America. 100% of the vote went to Ryu. Uh, so this is, again, using our sp- power scale, we thought this was going to be a pretty close fight. It, it ended was. up being hey, it, close, it, right? it is. But the audience overwhelmingly voted for Ryu. So I sought redemption and it happened. You got your W, man. You got your W. But you know, you know what? I guess I'm not surprised. I'd have to agree with the audience, dude. Despite Cap's dominating physical prowess, I think there's that X factor with Ryu's dark Hado state, you know? It has that capability mm-hmm. to at least drop Cap to his knees or at least drop to a knee and make him stop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it's, it, it, it could totally be the X factor, you know, going dark Hado. Um, do you think disarming, do you think, do you think that Cap disarming himself from his shield was a critical mistake? Uh, I, it's unavoidable, I think. With Captain America, he has to have a shield in order to to have like time to buy himself some time to strategically think to, the, to his next move. I think disarming mm-hmm. him from his shield, uh, man, and we can definitely go into philosophy and to philosophy of superheroes. I see the shield of Captain America as a buffer between him and the real fight. Uh, he uses it creatively. Uh, when he needs to buy himself time to uh, think of the next move, he uses the shield as a buffer. So disarming him, uh, I think it's a smart 
tactic by Ryu to do that as fast as possible. That way, Ryu can look for an opportunity, not only Wait. to take the shield Hold away on. from Excuse him. Me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Ryu didn't disarm him. Cap threw well, the shield, and it didn't come back to him. So it, so it just fell somewhere in the danger room. So then, then in that in that instance, right, it worked out for Ryu. The shield not coming back prevented Cap from uh, creating a buffer. Because mm-hmm. we so, saw that with the shield, uh, Cap was at what 13, 13 yeah. points. No, no, no. But it, it, I guess that's my that's my point though. Like, if Ryu saw that, right, Ryu seeing that, he'd be like, you know what, I just need to keep the shield away from him. That's all I need to do. Yeah, but um, I think it, it, it's definitely one of the closest 1v1s we've seen here on the podcast. And, uh, you know, it makes me wonder what's the next one going to be looking like, you know? Who's the next Man. hero? Who's the next villains? We're, we're, we're going to definitely need to ask the audience out there in uh, the weird land of uh, the Fifth Dimension podcast. Let us know what you want to see. The type of uh, hero or villain, villain versus villain, hero versus hero. What do you want to see? That way, Lucy and I can. See? Oh, who do you want to see? Absolutely. Yeah. So so far, we've been we've been picking, we've been setting parameters. Yeah, yeah, we have, uh, and I think you know the scenarios that we come we come up with. Uh, and and let's let's be clear here. Luis is the storyteller here. He's the one setting up the scenarios. He's the one setting up the the fights, and and he always gives the the background, the the you set up the environment. You set up the characters pretty nicely. You understand how they flow. So we got we got to give your credit where credit is due. Is you're a pretty good storyteller. Uh, flattery won't get you nowhere, bro. Look at this guy. You don't know how to take a compliment. Why don't you? You just don't know how to take a compliment. No, sir. Hey, not for my big brother now. Come on, come on now. Oh yeah, that's right. You know, I was gonna send you a TikTok video earlier today. Uh, it was like uh, so I. I I, I stumble upon the TikToks where it says like how siblings treat each other, and mm. they get like eighty to ninety percent of that correct, right? Uh, I stumbled on one where it's two WWE wrestlers, where it looks like right they're they're forming a truce, and they're like, you know what? For now, just for peace, yes, truce. And the guy goes goes in for like the like the truce hug, and he whispers into the guy's ear, and goes, "Fuck you," <laughs> <laughs> and it says how me and my siblings treat each other. And then he I gets that, uh, and then he gets Stone Cold Stunner, huh? A Stone Cold Stunner or a, a big whack across the face, something <laughs> like that. Uh, what is it? Sweet chin music. Oh my gosh, you, you throwing it to Shawn Michaels over there? Yeah. Jeez, I remember we, we used, dude, we used to be so into WWE. Dude, that we lived and breathed WWE, fucking Triple A. That was our yeah. shit back in the day. That that was it, that okay. that definitely was it. But it, 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 I think it's funny that not only do they use uh, the TikTokers, the creators use uh, WWE memes, but they use like TV shows from the past and the present to kind of display the uh, the sibling relationship. Uh, and the majority of that I've seen is like how brothers and sisters treat each other, or even just brother and brother, sister sister, how they treat each other. Like, mm. gonna go bother my brother for no reason. So you enter their room, knock some, knock some of their stuff over, and then leave the door open and turn off the light. Turn off the lights. I'm like, that's that's kind of basic. I think I think for us it was like uh, taking someone's pen or uh, or slapping their face. 
giving him a teddy twister, a teddy twister, slap in the face and run, turn off the yeah. lights and close the door. Or stealing food, or stealing the food. Who's stealing food, bro? Um, you ain't uh, shit with onions. I would never touch that fucking plate. Oh, that's true. That's true. Man, I, I knew how to strategically put stuff in food. That way, I know I, I would at least enjoy my food. Um, yeah, but you, can you tacos, agree with this? Can you, you agree with this? Your tacos with onions. It's like this. I mean, who's gonna on, eat man. that who shit? Can... <laughs> how can you no, not I mean... eat tacos with onions? Now you're a weirdo, bro. Look, that, that's just that's just you being a weirdo, bro. That, I know. Hold let's, on. Let's call it for what it is. Put, look, listen, listen, listen. I could put cilantro. And radish on my tacos and beef. Okay, fine. so that that's fine. That, that's a root and an herb. That's fine. But why why not an onion? I don't know, man. It's something about onions that I just—it's like a taste aversion. As soon as I, as soon as I take a bite and and, and taste onion, I, I feel like I want to throw up. Wow! 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 And wow! I start to throw up, so I can't do it. I, I, I gotta I gotta give you credit. At least you can handle the cilantro, because a lot of people say that it tastes a little soapy in their mouths. I'm like, I'm blessed to have a tongue. And I can savor the flavor of a cilantro because I, I I was eating a, a taco the other day. I was I was uh, making it for the kids. I put mm-hmm. a little bit of cilantro on there. I was like, man, I would be depressed if I could not taste cilantro. What's the what's those fucking uh, crying chim memes? Uh, please just give me chicken nuggets. <laughs> please just give me fries and chicken chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Is it the oh is it the way they pronounce it or the way they say it? Yeah, chicken, chicken nuggets. But yeah, uh, big brother, uh, little brother, uh, sibling relationships. This is just yeah. That's just how it goes, you know. Yeah, but you were and never the dynamics like too. The the, the, the dynamics. Like what? You you were never like that. You were never one to fucking bug us. Like I no. know, I know for a fact that I would in there. I slapped the shit out of uh, you and Jose and anyone who got in my way. You got slapped, bro. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys all got slapped, and I just fucking took off. And I was, I was pretty much the fastest one in the family. So who's gonna catch me? You were fast as fuck, boy. Fast as fuck, boy. Yeah. But I think you you took the chance just to prove that you could not be caught. And I think, again, as you said at the top of the episode, I'm a very patient person, and I think it, it just I- evolved to me like, yeah, he he slapped. I mean, he did it. He did his thing. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna chase after he'll, him. He'll get his. He'll get, <laughs> he'll his. get his. In due time. In due time. In due time. The karma will get him. <laughs> I take off running, fucking uh, trip over a fucking rabbit hole or something, and just fall on my face. <laughs> and you're just there watching. Yes, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. <laughs> Come on, I was never that devious. <laughs> no, you weren't. But sometimes I think you are, man. I can be. I mean, in, in certain cases, it'll be like, yeah, you deserve that. You totally deserve that. But where were we? Uh, we were where talking were we? about Ryu, the one-on-one, and then we were talking about WWE and the memes and TikTok and a bunch of other crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, again, I, I just want to see what the what the audience is going to pick or who the audience is going to pick because I'm, uh, you know, it's 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 fun to make to create these one-on-ones. Uh, and, and it's definitely interesting to see who who will be against who. I'm interested to see if anybody will bring up the Power Rangers from the '90s. Maybe oh, wow. that'd be great. <laughs> oh wow! 
Power Rangers. I mean, I guess it'd be, I don't know. I've never thought about, to be honest, I've never thought about putting them in one of the ones. They have never once popped into my mind. Fair. They are they are uh, range weapon fighters and uh, martial artists too. So, got to give them their their due there. Yeah, you know what? It'd be interesting to put probably just what the uh, Red Ranger against. Uh, no, 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 no. Wave. I would, I would, I would counter you. I would counter okay. you because uh, the popularity uh, and since his passing, David uh, David Frank, uh, who played Tommy the Green Ranger, Green Ranger has skyrocketed uh, into popularity. Bro, he's always been the most popular one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue there. Uh, yeah, he's always been the popular one. But uh, since his passing, he's become even more so, I think. Yeah, well, I could see that. I could see that. Let's, well, again, oh, let's see how they vote. Let's let's see if the audience... Is Somebody throw out there. <laughs> Somebody throw out the Green Ranger. Tommy, the Green Ranger. Let's see if anybody does it. Just because of that, maybe they will. Do you think he's just going to get an automatic W because he's just Tommy the Green Ranger? People will either vote for him or we're going to have to really assess his skill and then determine that he indeed does have the skill to 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 win. We'll see. Yeah. We will see, man. Uh, so these hypotheticals, man, are always a blast. But, uh, you know, we, we have to at least every... Every once in a while, we bring in some sort of reality, uh, sober oh, reality shit. from the real world. Oh, shit. Um, it's about to get real, isn't it? It's certainly gut and heart wrenching, especially the uh, conflict among nations. And I'm not talking about Ukraine and Russia. I'm gonna. Ta- I'm talking about a new conflict that happened earlier this month that uh, is currently happening. Ah, oh, fuck, man. Here we go. This is some some of that. This is that serious shit. Where is it happening this time, man? So I don't know if, if it's a grand scale, but it's definitely a war. Uh, do, do you not listen to the news or do you not keep up with news? I mean, I do, but normally I limit my news consumption because it's usually all negative And, man, you know how that goes. So I don't know. I'm thinking you're talking about the Israel-Palestine war, right? Yes, or, I, I am. Uh, Cause that, I mean, that's some sad shit. What's going on, bro? It's tragic, just fucking simply tragic. Um, but what I want to know is, how much do you know about this conflict, man? What's so your knowledge I have, you know, I have some beginner knowledge, man. I, I, I'm, I'm learning as, as I'm studying this, this situation. As I understand it, both sides of the conflict are fighting to exist. Uh, the conflict is really between Israel and Hamas. Uh, with the Palestinian people kind of in between, with uh, Palestine, with the Palestinian people saying Hamas doesn't represent us, and then uh, Hamas claiming they're uh, representing the Palestinian people. So it's a it's a complex issue, man. It's really complex. Yeah, you know, from what I understand, it seems like it all started back what, like in the late 1940s, when mm-hmm. Israel became a, a state, and as it did that, it began taking. Palestinian land, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? Anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, but it started taking Palestinian land strategically and methodically, and it has done so up to the point where now the Palestinian people have been concentrated in areas like most famously the Gaza Strip, Um, but they live a life under Israeli control and suspicion, and that's just fucking horrible, man. Am am I right so far, Professor? I think that's a good summary. Uh, So far, uh, the 
tensions between these two states have been building over the years. And while many on mm-hmm. the west side uh, of, of or in the Western Front, right, uh, there's hope for a peaceful resolution, especially uh, something that moves toward a, two, a two-state solution. Uh, it seems, though, given the last 20 years, the last 10 years, the last five years, that goal is drifting further and further apart. And Israel taking up more and more land, uh, effectively pushing out the people of Palestine. So yeah. uh, that, to me, is not being pessimistic. That is what is happening currently in real time. Uh, Hamas's ter- terrorist attack did not achieve what they thought, which was force Israel to uh, go into the nego- negotiating table and uh, cr- create a solution. Uh, when they've already been on record to say we want to wipe out, right, the whole state of Israel, so their violence added more fuel to the fire, and violence only meets more violence. This vicious cycle of attack and response is this pattern, and and we're unfortunately the people of Israel and Palestine continue to endure it uh, because it's their governments or the people claiming to be part of their government that is acting on their behalf, even though uh, the people of Israel, the people of Palestine have already said, we don't want this war. We just want to be able to coexist in some way. Um, mm. But th- this brings me back to the whole doomsday clock, man. Do you remember, you, you know, I, I sign off with it. I, I sign off for it for a reason. I think yeah. that uh, the doomsday clock scenario, I mentioned it only because it, it allows the audience to process where we are in conflict geopolitically when it comes to nuclear attack or uh, even global conflict. The new, the doomsday clock, I don't say it to, to scare us. I say it to hopefully motivate us to become more engaged in our politics, to see if we can temper down uh, these tensions. Because, uh, yeah, I mention again, because right now, it's not just the Ukraine versus Russia, right? It's now Israel versus Hamas. The concern here is that these events will eventually spill over with countries now forced to choose a side. And that creating ultimately global conflict. Uh, History continues to show us that it doesn't repeat, it rhymes. And I I remember one of my professors, Doc Elder, he called these moments that uh, that happen, and and you see it uh, in real time. These are watershed moments. These are um, events in history that play a significant role and contribute to a cascade of other events. For example, uh, 9-11, right? 9-11 led to our invasion of Iraq, which led to more and more, right, more uh, military involvement. And these watershed moments, we're witnessing that now. Um, so what I'm saying is Ukraine, Russia, it's not just one thing. Now we have Israel, Hamas, and those conflicts are are already boiling over. We're seeing we're seeing it and, and the damage see, is causing. But see, bro, what, but why has it come to this? You know, I, I think about these conflicts around the world, these wars, and, and I think, why has it come to this? I hear it over and over, especially with what's going on with uh, Israel and Palestine, about a two-state solution that it could be possible. But in reality, the issues are just, what, like most people say, just too complex to solve. 
and the governments of both sides, what do they do? You know, they just, they just, they just push more violence, right? They push more mm-hmm. violence. And like you just said, violence begets more violence. And, it, it, and you know, and I'm going to harken back to something that I said in the last episodes. I wonder if religion has anything to do with it. Hmm? What are your thoughts on that, bro? How much does I'm gonna how be, much does religion influence all this shit? So I see now you're bringing religion into this, and I completely understand why. Because right, these these two governments are religiously influenced, um, and it is unavoidable. Mm. I think when you have two governments that are religiously influenced, it's hard to take away uh, that religious influence and just say, "Well, this is just government acting as government." But since we are talking about religion. I'll I'll offer up a counter and say you have extremists what? on one side, Hamas, and the people uh, that support Netanyahu's uh, Israeli right wing government, who says we need to wipe out whoever threatens our existence, right? And that's very much a uh, a tonal shift from to say, hey, we're going to just directly attack Hamas and we need to draw them out where we can. Instead, it said, you know what, we're, Israel is saying we're going to defend itself at whatever cost. And unfortunately, Hamas has learned how to hide behind its own civilians. And the Palestinian people are now that moving target that uh, Israel saying without. And, and, I'm, and I'm being very careful when I say this, it is it is not careful uh, where it's aiming its missiles uh, or its weapons. Because ultimately their goal is to try to wipe out Hamas at whatever cost. Listen, Unfortunately, that underlying tone of whatever cost means civilians too. Listen, bro. We both know both sides are going to point fingers. Certainly. They're just going to do it. But I don't think they... I don't, I don't think... I don't think they're... I know this is going to sound very fucked up, but I don't think they really care about solutions. Or else mm. it would have happened years ago, Right. If they really cared, something would have happened, but it didn't. And it makes me wonder again, why? Why? What's what's the wedge that's stopping this from, from happening, to finding some peace, to finding some resolution? To me, what's happening is one state pushing another, with one state being more of an oppressor than anything else. And, I, and this oppressor, of course, being... Uh, you know, Israel, because I see them as kind of like the U.S., an elitist entity uh, that just fucking pushing shit, you know what I mean? And to me, that's a problem. I think what happened in Israel was human brutality at its highest form. Uh, Hamas terrorists have decided it would it would brutalize, kill, and use civilian hostages to wage a proxy war against the Israeli government. And Israel is now responding in that in kind, right? But we cannot ignore the also the oppressive acts of the Israeli government uh, and the the continuous push to get uh, get folks out of a, a land that they you know, uh, like you said, whether it's a sacred text or a, a Bible or something that said, "Oh, this land is yours." Uh, it, it's very hard to. Uh, try to justify that by now you slaughtering or pushing out or kicking out people who have nothing to do with your book. Yeah. 
Again, again, look, I'm not going to say that Hamas is doing good shit. I don't condone their actions, right? right. Some would say it's terrorist, it's, it's terrorist acts. It is. Committing. And yeah, I mean, who would want to do that? Right. But when driven to absolute despair and, you know, and wanting to, to make something happen, I think despair speaks louder than anything. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you did that. But I mean, what else? What else was going to come out of it? Flowers and fucking candy? I don't get it. You know, when mm. someone has taken your home and then calls your, then calls you the interloper. I mean, what do you do? You know, uh, and, and the same goes for Israel. Where I think, yes, do they have the right to defend themselves? Absolutely. But how can you say that with a straight face? How can anyone say I'm going to defend myself with a straight face when clearly they're attacking? Viciously, right? Viciously with sophisticated weaponry, you know? And I think the show of force is just disproportionate for both sides, right? For, 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 for the atrocities they commit. Absolutely. Um, so you almost have this, this, this issue, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to water this completely down. Uh, and, and apologies for switching up, using such a poor analogy, but you almost have a joker problem. Both sides are turning to an ideology that think will solve the entire issue. Uh, both okay. Hamas, who has assumed political uh, power uh, for on behalf of the Palestinian people, and now claim that all their actions are on behalf of Palestine. <clears throat> and then you have the right wing of Net- Netanyahu's government, who also right says, well, we will protect our people at whatever cost. That includes civilians, unfortunately. And both sides are doing the same thing. Um Expecting that and trying to achieve balance, uh, and we've only seen the conflict get worse. So from the outside, they've only proven themselves to be agents of chaos. And what could one could even say that 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 principle applies to our very own country here in the United States? I like the analogy. Uh, I think I think you sound it sounds just about right. But what do you mean by it applies to the U.S.? Oh, well, we got a moment. Well, you know, you know that uh, our, our country is currently split uh, very right down the middle, uh, right? There's there's people who are either you're in the progressive wing left or uh, center. Uh, if Even if you're in the center, you, you're in either one. There's no such thing as center anymore. Um, and I would even point, right, the fact that, that we have Make America Great Again Faithful who have used their own religion to justify the abhorrent policies of the former president um 45 wrote mm, that way religion had to play again i mean it's no there's no doubt right when you say and an evangelical christian my my guards and my walls come up a little bit because i'm like mm, are you what type of ev- evangelical christian right like there's no there's no in between for ev- evangelical christians it's either you're all in for trump or you're not there's no in between um well, identifying as an evangelical Christian to me that already sets up a a kind of uh, apprehension because they they justify their anger to propose walls they justify their anger to ban Muslims and they pave the way for their religion to impose local laws that have gradually and increasingly chipped away at civil liberties look at book banning look at uh, the the limitation on abortions. Look at look at what's happening around the country where uh, they're using morality 
to gain political ground. Uh, and it's a twisted form of morality, if, we, if we're honest about this. Um, mm-hmm. All under the guise of what? A supposed invasion, uh, a response to Muslim violence. All of these are, are just crazy, stupid examples of how far the MAGA cultists are willing to go to say, but we're keeping you safe. We're using violent methods to keep you safe. Like, then it does not compute to me at all. So, mm. um, while I'm at it, man, I'm going to take a moment to, this mic to say something. Go ahead. No one's stopping you, bro. Go ahead. People who are victims of displacement, whether by their own government or an outside force, still have a right. Whether you want to admit it or not, they still have a right. Seek safety the best way they can. These bullshit immigrant laws have created the problem of immigration. They've created the they're 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 there artificially. We created this artificial problem. Um, so I call bullshit bullshit on these immigrant laws that have created uh, the bottlenecking of immigration. Uh, n- immigrants are not the problem, not migrants. It's these stupid Eurocentric laws that made it harder for people to move and pursue happiness. And what does the what what does the uh, Bill of Rights uh, say? Right. We have the pursuit of happiness, the right to pursue happiness. We've interrupted the pursuit of happiness. That part part of the Bill of Rights, we've interrupted it. Yeah, I would I would have to agree with you on that one too. Um, but like I've said already, ultimately it's the government agenda and religion that ends up killing innocent people. You know, if if we're going if if I if I may just bring it back to our, our, what we're talking about right now, is I, I think it's government agenda and religion that end up ki- that ends up killing most innocent people. And I'm not surprised, but it's disheartening and gut-wrenching, man. And, and, and people will blindly follow it, I think, without any hesitation, because that's what they believe. And I, like I've said before, I think it's a, it's a, it's a massive, it's a massive danger that we're just, uh, it's right in front of our face and we're just not looking at it. The majority of us are just not looking at it. Hmm. So I agree. Governments typically cause the issue. They create the issue and the, because they enforce the policies, they become the issue. But I wouldn't go as far as to say all religions though. Come on now, dude. Not again. Really? Not even after all what we just said? I, I'm still wholeheartedly believing that man is the flawed one that interprets faith. And they've turned that faith into a, uh, into a twisted form of religion that have caused a large group to do this. I think it, the, the, the sole part of our fault is, is, is in our brutality itself. I don't think faith or religion... Is the entirety of the problem? You can you can argue that religion plays a role because it enforces mm. or reinforces. Sure, you can make that argument, but I think at the core, if you remove religion, how violent uh, humans can be, right? And, and they they yeah, we can access our most primal pieces of ourselves to commit the most abhorrent acts. That's where I'm at. I see where. We're back again where we just 
where we, where we, yeah. what we were talking about last episode, you know, where once again, Juan struggles to wrestle with the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Classic. Really? Oh Classic. Here we go, bro. I, I think it does highlight mine. something. No, I, I, I mean, I'm not telling you you're a liar because, again, you're you've not been religiously affili- affiliated for a long time. Uh, and I've deconstructed my faith over and over and over again and, and created a a format which I feel I'm more comfortable with. Uh, it's more a, a little bit more distant from Catholicism, uh, a little bit more distant, very distant from uh, evangelical evangelical Christianity. Uh, but it's to me, it's it's worth highlighting something that we've always said from the beginning of this uh, of this uh, conversation. And what's that? That this is 100% a complex issue. You're going to have to look into humanity, faith, mm. religion, uh, the way people perceive, act around each other, and whether or not they want to achieve that true peace. Um, and right now, both governments, Hamas and Israel, have already outright said, I'm going to wipe out the other before they wipe me out, unfortunately. Listen, listen. listen. It's complex because... Government interests supersedes everything else. I said yeah, what I, I mean, said. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said what I said. Okay, I think we agree on that. And I think, I think especially with this topic, we can go in circles all fucking day, right? It's it's just that's just the name of the game with this one, where we can go in circles. I'll say something with merit, and then you'll do the same and match it. And like the countries in conflict, we'll find no solution. Just point fingers and continue this cycle of violence, right? And uh, it seems like there's, it seems like there's an answer. I, I really do think that there's an answer there, but religion and government agendas just overshadow it, man. And it's it's heartbreaking, and and I feel kind of hopeless and worthless because uh, what can I do? But just talk about it on this mic, you know. And um, yo, 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 though, this mic—that's the most powerful thing we can use—is our own voice to speak out for those that are the victims, the oppressed, and raise awareness of issues that deeply impact humanity. I guess in that sense, you're right. But I don't know, man. It, it still feels kind of empty. I know there's, um, I know there's activists out there that are actually doing more than just speaking to a mic. And because I'm, because I barely know the basics of what's going on, and you know, it, it just feels like it's out of our control, right? Doesn't it? It does. And and again, the only form of control we really have is how we can structure the discussion around what's happening around the world. Um, the only form of control that we can have is is not controlling the narrative, but being able to raise awareness. That's that's the best we can do. That way we know that uh, we're doing, even if it's at the base level, that we're talking about it. I guess you're right, man. Well, everyone, uh, I must say again to do your best to realize your realization of reality. Let's work on raising our own individual levels of consciousness and strive to be aware of the moments and the people that pass us by. Man, after this discussion, I feel like that quote now resonates stronger more than ever. Uh, folks, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists 
have the doomsday clock currently set at 90 seconds to midnight. We should make every effort to be a little bit more conscious of one another. Thank you all so much for listening. Yeah, thanks. Please like, share, and subscribe to the Fifth Dimension Podcast. Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. The Fifth Dimension Podcast is Fernando Rivas and Jose Rivas, consultants. Luis Rivas, script supervisor, music composer, performer, and co-host. Juan Rivas, producer, pre- and post-production editor and co-host. The Fifth Dimension Podcast is a production of the Authentic Voices Network, LLC.